Hello and welcome along. This is another episode of Super 6. And as always, it's a pleasure to have your company. Thanks for downloading us and turning us on. <laughs> My name's Laura Woods and alongside me, as ever, Bio Akinfenwa. Hello. Yo, what's good? I see what you did there with the double entendre, but anyway, you like know it. what I'm saying. <laughs> Yo, what's going on, LW? You good? Oh, I'm good. It's nice to be back, have our little chat and uh, get our yeah, feelings yeah. out in the open. I have to say congratulations to you, Mr. Bayak and Fenwa, because you reached the big number, 200. 200th appearance oh, for Wiccan. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Um, you know, the funny thing is, I didn't even know. It was after the game, my Matt Sessu, who runs our media department, said congratulations. I was thinking, will you congratulate me? Because unfortunately, we lost on the weekend um, against Nottingham Forest. And he said, listen, you made 200 games. I was like, oh, wow. And then he was like, listen, like signing at the age of 34 to make 200 games from there. Listen, it's like no mean feat. And mm. I looked at it and I, I, I joked with the gaffer um, and I said, listen, you earn every penny. And the reason why my body's feeling what it is is because you didn't take it up. But no, listen, it's a proud achievement. Um, and of course, when I hang on my boots, I look back at it and say, listen, I did all right. Um, but unfortunately at the moment, it's, it's I, I guess it's, it's personally, it's it's nice, but collectively as a team where we are at the moment, it's just hard to to take it all in, if you know what I mean. A bit of a bittersweet moment. Yeah, that's yeah. just, at the moment it is. I mean, I remember talking to, you know, when Connor Cody came on and, you know, Wolves were going for that period and he said, listen, it's not nice losing. And look, of course, there was no expectations put on us. There was no pressure put on us Wickham at the moment, but nobody likes to lose. And, you know, we're professionals and we got into every game wanting to get results but just unfortunately with it's it's hard to break this momentum um and you know we got some young boys and I'm trying to use all my experience both on and on the pit on and off the pit sorry but listen it's it's tough but Wickham's been built on fighters you know um and trust me we will keep going and keep fighting to the bitter end tell me something your boss Gareth yeah did he get you a card a cake anything to say happy 200 you know, I ain't going to lie, I would like to say yeah, but nah, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. he didn't get me nothing. Um, he gave me a hug, though. I'm not going to lie, like, you know what I'm saying? He gave me a hug. Um, and was it, it a long one that you're like... Oh. Nah, you know, just because of this COVID thing in it. So he was like, listen, like, we normally meant to keep the distance, but let me give you a hug in it. So I, I took that, you know what I'm saying? I, I took the hug. Well, you're in each other's bubbles, aren't you? So it's a little bit <laughs> yeah, different. Yeah, like, you know what I'm saying? We, we call like that. We're, we're around each other constantly every day. So, but as I said, like, he, he gave me a hug and I take the hug. And did anyone do anything on social media? Surely Wickham were like, wow, come on, number two. Oh, yeah, yeah. Listen, to, to be fair, I got shown love by the Wickham fans. Um, and, you know, it's, it's especially at the time, you know, where... There's nothing to really celebrate at the moment because they're not winning. They, you know, they came out and they showed love. You know, I think Wickham put up congratulations and it kind of coincided with Matt Bloomfield's 36th birthday. So they kind of put us up together. You know, the old dogs at Wickham and, you know, they put up a poll. So, listen, it was nice. Don't You know, it's it, it's flown and I spoke. I think come May, it'll be five years and it'll be the longest I've ever been at one club. And especially at the age I'm, I'm at, it's rare that, at the age of 34, like the last bit of your career, you play that many games and you stay at a club for that long. So, yeah, it's nice. You know, I, I take it in for myself. You know, it's nice. Um, anybody that knows me tries to... Knows I try and look at the cup half full rather than half empty. I mean, it's nice. Um, so, yeah, listen, 200 games, jeez. Like, my body does feel like it's played 200 games right now. <laughs> but um, And, yeah, again, you know, we had a game last night. I think it's 201 and, unfortunately, again... We can't break this momentum. Um, and it was it was another loss on the board. It was, I would say, a six-pointer. Yeah, at the moment, it's, it's tough times at Wickham. I won't lie to anybody. It's tough times at Wickham. But again, you've you, you got to keep going. I want to try and put a smile on your face because um, I've been noticing something. So the last few weeks, the interviews that we've done have been players that have played with you, against you at some point in their career along the way. And I probably notice this more because I'm listening to them as they talk about you. But I've just been listening for the stories and everybody seems to remember a time they played against you. And you obviously don't. You're like, oh, remind me what that was again. But it just, I just thought, like, what a career where everyone remembers the game against you and something that you've done and memory they've had with you. And it was the first time, really, because I think it sounds a little bit corny, doesn't it? But I think I take for granted sometimes that you and I just sit here and do this podcast and it's fun and we get to, like, chat and things like that. And sometimes I take for granted that you are a footballer and that you have had this amazing career and gone through all these things and other footballers remember you specifically. And I just think that's quite big in itself. 
Do you know, it was funny because when Cooper, like, mm. when Cooper said his story, <laughs> and it's like, for me, you know what it makes me realise, and I do try and fight it, but I kid you not, I think, I think yesterday was when I kind of come to terms with my age. Oh, like, I, I kept on saying it to people, and I, I, I go on like I'm Superman at times. I'm like, nah, man, like, come on, be small, like, you know what I'm saying? I, I do. And I think yesterday that we played a Sheffield Wednesday. Um, I'm a Liverpool supporter, so it was iconic. There was no fans, so I guess you take it in for the stadium, yeah, you know? It was it's old, big stands, big pitch. Oh. So, you know, I mean, for us, it, you know, it was a six-pointer. So, you, you you know, we walked into the stadium. It was, what I mean, it was snowing. <sighs> it's an iconic stadium. And then, of course, the whistle goes and we're out there trying to get three points. Unfortunately, we lose the game 2-0. And I come off after an hour and it's snowing and I sit down and I'm looking at the team and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to gear the boys on. I come on, like, this, that and the other. And I, I think it was when I kind of realised, I was like, yo, I've had a long career, you know, and it's that when you kind of just, the age, drop, the age bomb drops on you where you're like, rah. All these players, and it was again, it was Cooper's one when I was like, Well, Cooper's just hitting 28, I think he said he was 27, 28. And you know, he was talking when he played against me at uh, Colchester, was it? Oh, anyway, Chesterfield, when he played against me. And I'm just like, All these players, even Connor Coldy, and I can only remember him at Wolves, and that's how long. Like I've played this game, so it does. It, it don't get twisted. It's a little chuckle to myself. Where I'm like, rah, but I'm the old boy in the room. Do you know what I'm saying? Uh, but you know what? Listen, I'm I'm still out there. I'm still trying to rapple, scrapple, and fight with the man I'm out there. I'm still out there, but no nah, man, it is what it is. I think take it as a huge compliment, and the legacy that you've built, I think, is is going to be. I mean, it sounds like you're retiring tomorrow, and you're not. Um, nah, it just, nah, yeah, nah. it just made me think about it. I just thought it was really nice. Do you think before we go and meet our, our guest this week, because um, I love this guy, and he will talk for England, so you and I can sit back on this one, I reckon, yeah, yeah. and just every now and then pipe up. Do you think that when you eventually do hang up your boots, and no doubt you'll be onto something pretty quickly, the next venture, yeah. something that you've got lined up, whether it be in the world of wrestling or or more telly whatever do you think that you would just have a period of time where you're just like right let me just lay horizontal and sleep for a few weeks oh hell yeah <laughs> i listen especially let me tell you something and i've said this a few times and i'm not retiring tomorrow don't get the game twisted like we still got unfinished business with wickham so i'm not retiring tomorrow but i do say and i've been using the r word retirement because of the weather like, I kid you not, when I hang up these boots for two weeks, I am going to lay in the sun and do nothing. I tell you that. And I'm just gonna I'm just gonna take it in. I'm gonna look back, I'm gonna chuckle, I'm gonna smile. But for them two weeks, I'm going to do nothing. I'm telling you. <laughs> Do you know what? Like, I feel like I need to do that. And I've even been working as long as you have. But I feel like as soon as there's a break, when there's an international break, I think there's a break in like a few weeks time. Yeah, March, I think I, I, think I might, yeah, I might just lay on that floor to my left horizontally and just sleep for a little while because um, I don't even play football, but it's just relentless at the moment, isn't it? It's, listen, it's, it's on. It's just like on. five games a it's night. On. No, it's on. And I was going to say, I was like, what have you been up to, though? Because I was like, I was thinking, maybe I haven't been watching TV as much in that, but what have you been up to? To be honest, I've been doing, obviously, talk sport Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday mornings. I was at Wolves, actually, at the weekend. And I tell you what, honestly, I got there at Molyneux and um, I was like, for the first time in a long time, I, I sat there and I was like... I might cry, genuinely I might cry because I was so cold. I'd done everything. I got heated socks. I was wearing these trousers that keep the heat in as well. They're leather and everyone's like, oh, why? You must be so cold. I'm like, no, 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 actually, they work the opposite way. They keep the heat in. And then I had this massive jacket on. Everything was covered. And then I put these gloves on and the ends of my fingers must have been exposed to elements for like I don't know five minutes because I had to like use my hands to write and stuff like that yeah. and they got so cold in the ends of my fingers I was like this is how frostbite starts and you know at Molyneux as well it's got the open edges and yeah. so like the wind just whips through and it was snowing as well and my god I was just like I can't do this I can't do it it was oh, awful I just was I wanted to cry and then I pulled myself together I did my bits and then I just went sat in the stands wrapped up even warmer 
And it was actually, I mean, I say, it, I was about to say it was a good game. It was a nil-nil draw, really. And yeah, it was quite disappointing because I wanted something to happen yeah, yeah, and yeah, nothing yeah. happened. Jamie Vardy nearly scored at the end off the bench. It was against Leicester. And you know, when you're driving home and you're just like, wow, I, I'm reassessing things. Did you interview your guy? Because you know what I'm saying? Was that the height? Did you get oh, to? Oh, God. Did you? Nuno? Did you, did you get to interview your guy, Nuno? Yeah, twice. But the worst thing happened by it. Listen, <laughs> love that you've just reminded me of this. So basically, this I started the interview, carried on, and I'd done my research, and I know what he thinks of Leicester. And I said, Jamie Vardy was on the bench at that point. And I said, look, um, Jamie's not starting, but he is on the bench. Leicester are more than just a team of Jamie Vardy, essentially. He said something along the lines of, you said it yourself there, Lauren. And I was like, oh, you call me Lauren. And my, and my heart just went... Did he drag it out? Did he, did he go, Lauren? It was like it echoed in the back of my head, Lauren. <laughs> all, and all, all of my memories of interviewing and previously flashed back in front of my eyes and, and, and just sort of like went through, you know, this process of our relationship together. And at the end, I realised that it's so one-sided, he doesn't even know that my name's Laura. Yeah, there was there. You know, you said this relationship. And I know he's just, no, nah, I'm a come on now. LW, you make a stand. When you walk in the room, they know, man. Nuno knows, man. Come on, man. Nuno knows. Well, then in the post-match, he then called me Laura. And I was like, I wonder if the press officer said, by the way, that's not her name. Oh my, hey, LW, on my life, it didn't even drop. What? I didn't drop it. Oh gosh. Even what? me, when you said Lauren, I was thinking, oh yeah, yeah, I've, that's not even your name. Oh my God, Byron. Oh Lord, sorry. No. Hey, no, that's no, oh. no, no. Oh no, I, I, I just did a new no. I just did a new no. God. That's my new one there. But when you said Lauren, I was thinking, yeah, Lauren, I was thinking, Oh, wait, did he say it very seductively? And then no. he went, Laura. I was like, oh, snap, LW, Laura, Lauren, Laura. Oh, it's early. Uh, listen, LW, my I mean, back. It's, it's half past 12, so it's not even it's No, no, midday. man, I don't go to bed till very late, like, on an afternoon. Anymore. I've just been disrespected by two of my oh. favourite people. It turns out they both didn't even know my sorry, name. Sorry, Lauren. Sorry, Lauren. I mean, Laura. Sorry. sorry. <laughs> I'm fled. I'm fled. <laughs> Oh. Should we move on? Yeah, let's move on swiftly. You know how like players play on confidence? So do presenters. And now I feel like my confidence has been crushed. Ah, oh, come on, LW. Come on. It was banter. You know, it's banter. It's just banter, isn't it? It's just banter. <laughs> Our guest this week um, is pretty special. He's just gone back to QPR where he has a legacy. People absolutely love him there. The fans adore him. Let's go and meet our guest for this week's Super 6 podcast, Mr. Charlie Austin. Yo. Predict six correct scores on Super 6 this week for a chance to win £250,000. Download the app and play by 3pm on Saturday. Head to skysports.com forward slash Super 6 for more details. Right, Charlie Austin, you are this week's guest. Thank you so much for joining us. How are you? Yes, I'm fine. Thank you, Laura. How are you? Not bad, not bad. Yo, Charlie, what's going on, brother? Good, bro. You, pal? Not too bad. Nice to not have a, a midweek game for me. So, uh... Just getting myself prepared for the next four weeks, mate. They're going to be busy times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know we had one yesterday. Um, and, yeah, I mean, listen, you know, like, it's hard times, man. It's hard times to wake up at the moment. You know, and it's it's just, you yeah. just need to break the momentum and you just, you need to break it. And it's at the moment, it's just a somber place. Um, and it's just the game just come thick and fast, which is a good and a bad thing because it, yeah. it don't allow you to dwell on it because you can't. Like, you just literally can't dwell on it because a game comes, but then momentum is nasty. So, and it's affectious. Winning's and affectious, thing, losing's affectious. Yeah, definitely. And with a losing thing, you want to just try and stop the rot. And almost yeah. like you, you want the next game to come. Same as winning, you want the next game to come to yeah. continue the run. But I'm sure you've got a good enough team spirit at this place to to try and keep everyone afloat. And yeah, look, yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. a tough art. It's a tough league, mate. Do you know what I mean? But there's so... Well, we've got 19 games to go, so there's a long way yeah. to go. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And I guess that's... Listen, that's what we're finding. I mean, we know it. And until you get into it, you hear that it's a relentless league. You hear that it's tough. And of course, you know it because of the teams in there. But then when every game... Listen, there was no doubt in... For Wickham, we knew it was going to be an uphill struggle, but when every game is the big game, it's like, rawr, and it comes thick and fast. But, yeah. yo, man, enough about me, though, Charlie. This is good because 
we got strikers that coming on that I still look up to. So I, this is nice for me. So we can dove <laughs> and dive into to some stuff. LW, come on now. Well, I just want to say thank you for putting him in a better mood because I was a bit worried about him at the top, actually. He sounded sombre and a, a sombre bio is not a good one. It's um, <laughs> Yeah, I was like, how are we going to get him out of this? You know, and you've come on and you've put a rocket up him. Yeah, we'll be all right. We'll be infectious. We'll barge off each other. Talking about putting rockets in places, you're back at QPR. And um, I mean, the uh, the fan base have just been going ballistic. And I know, I know that because I've spoken to you about this before, that you would have loved for them to be back in there at Loftus Road and, you know, cheering you guys on. But it's not to be at the moment. But being back at QPR for you, it must be quite special. How is it? Yeah, very much so. Like I said, when the opportunity came, I grabbed it with both hands. I think as a footballer, I wanted a purpose again, Laura, like I said to you before, you get to the the weeks going on and they was just passing me by. Either I was in the squad as a sub or I wasn't making the squad and it was just, I didn't want that to happen with my career. So as soon as that come up with QPR, I thought, right, I'm going to get a purpose back in my life again. And I'm going to enjoy my football. I've gone back to QPR and it's, it's like I've never been away. The fans have been brilliant, brilliant for me from the minute they heard the rumour. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not. I'm not happy you gone back there because you made the team stronger than that. So I'm. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not happy you've gone back there. But I, I tell you what, Charlie, explain to to the people what it's like to go back to a place that you had so much success for. Did you go in with any a mindset thinking, oh, you know what, I did so well first. I don't want to kind of mess up my legacy. Or no, no, I, mean, I went by yeah, determined to get to fifty goals. I went thinking, right, I'm getting 50. I was on 48, so I was on 48 and missed two pens in the Prem, so that was niggling away at me. Do you know what I mean? That was annoying me, that. Um, So I was like, right, I'm going to get there. But I just thought I was played my happiest football when I was at QPR. The fans loved me. Yeah, I had the legacy thing and did it. Would it affect that? But I had every confidence in myself because I still knew that I had stuff to prove. I wasn't finished. But if I continued the way I was and the games and the weeks were going past you know football waits for nobody yeah, so if you yeah. don't if you don't play week in week out the next youngster comes through and then all of a sudden Charlie Austin was great three four years ago but yeah. we moved on from that now so like, I, I just thought go there play some games of football be fit and then the chances will come and I back my ability all the time how many goals are you on now 50 now 50 94 50 games yeah wow. Congratulations. Like Thank I keep you. saying, I don't care if it's one, you celebrate your wins, innit? And 50 yeah. in 94 games is certified. So I ain't going to lie. Charlie, you're my guy. You're my man, 100 grand. <laughs> I don't want you to score no more unless it's just losses because we <laughs> oh, need no, to try no. and catch you, man. Oh, you no, no. <laughs> I know it's very tight down there. Very tight down there. But do you know what? I just feel that the way I'm going at the moment, you know, bro, when you're playing teams, creative players behind you chances are going to come and I, I seem to have a good strike partnership at the moment it's only four games been in with Lyndon Dykes so I don't know sometimes you know when you don't train with people that that just clicks it automatically yeah, yeah. clicks and it, it clicked the first time against Luton it's clicked ever since that must be such a relief to go in there because is that something that plays on your mind when you think about going back to a club it's not just about what you can do but like gelling with a team that are already in place yeah of course so I watched them play Fulham in the FA Cup and then I went in to see them after and I just laid it on the line law and I just said to them listen listen lads I'm here to I'm here to help don't think it's like the Charlie Austin show this that and the other I'm here to help and to perform and I need you to help me as much as I can help you and it's helped the team and get us out of the situation that we currently find ourselves in and that was it I just laid it all on the line Trained once on a Monday. And look, I scored on my debut. Every striker wants to score straight away and get off that duck egg. And, and to score and to win, it just injected confidence into the team, into the whole club. And I'll be honest with you, we're kind of riding a wave at the moment. I don't think people realise like what energy and what a shift can be. So Charlie going there, saying what he's saying, and all of a sudden it's a different energy that's been there. And he's like, listen, boys, I'm here, man. And it's together. And then, of course, it then... He scores the goal, it's wins, and then all of a sudden you become a band of brother within yeah. one game. And then you're right. I, I don't think people realise how powerful a shift is. You know what I'm saying? It's it's mad powerful. Again, 
I'm not happy with it, but <laughs> <laughs> but well done, Cardo W. <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna step away from the championship because the more we talk about how you're affecting it, um, the sadder that Bayo will get. So yeah, then, no. <laughs> yeah. we'll just step away from it for a second because we want to take you back to like your early days playing for your local teams and your late teens, Pool Town, Swindon, all that sort of stuff. Tell us about your time and and, and how you came into football. I was at academy, Reading, got released when I was. 15 I was too small I was small but I wasn't enjoying it the back end of it I think that was the most thing through 13 and 14 yeah I thought I was very good and this that and the other come 15 I come back from like the summer break everyone had grown and I was obviously still small as such I just said to my dad look I ain't enjoying this no more mate I don't like they was taking me up twice a week it wasn't none of this day release stuff twice a week stuff game on a Sunday and I was like I ain't enjoying it he's like well look if you're not enjoying it don't go I'm not going to put no pressure on you. And they was brilliant. Do you know what I mean? Parents never forced me to do anything. So the moment that happened, I, I spoke to the coaches and my dad spoke to the coaches and we kind of come to an agreement that I was allowed to I was allowed to leave. The best thing was I went back to play with my schoolmates and where I was enjoying it, weekends, having fun. And that was it. That's what I lost. And I actually played men's football at 15. I got released from Reading. I played a year's in my, I think it was year nine or something at school, years football with a school team in there. And then I was playing men's football on a Saturday for Kimby Rangers and I was playing for Hungerford on a Sunday, do you know what I mean, under 15. So that's what was the best bit about it. <laughs> to, to be fair, our producer Tom said he played against you for Hungerford. I can't remember the team he played for, but yeah. he still says this is his claim to fame and that, that he played against you for Hungerford. But I mean, I think it's funny because you said it, you've said it twice playing at your happiest, just yeah. playing football at your happiest. You know, you you mentioned, listen, Reading, and then you went back and then you started playing with the man then playing with you. So then what, after Hungerford, where did you go from there? I went to Pool Town, Bear, right? And the thing was with Hungerford, I found Friday nights. I won't lie, when I was there, I was 17, 18, I found Friday nights. I was a builder. I was a builder, mate, coming home in the van, a couple of pints on the way, like in the van with the lads. And then I was cash in your pocket. Yeah, I think you're right. Game tomorrow. Nah, that'd be right. I'm going out. Do you know what I mean? That was what it was. So I never really took it that serious. And I probably needed to take the move away. So my parents moved to Bournemouth and I was like 18 at the time. It was like Hungerford or Bournemouth. Ah, I could still do my day job for my dad. So let's just move. I got like Pool Town was a local team. They said they would take me down there on a like, not trial or such, but you know, non leagues. Like just go and play, see if you're any good and fit in. Yeah. All of a sudden, I started play, taking it a bit more serious and not going out on a Friday. And then I just started scoring. And then after about seven, eight games, they said, oh, can you sign a contract? And I was like, <laughs> yeah, all right, 50 quid a week. Contract? Who's going to sign me? Like, no, yeah. no problem. Me and the old chap was thinking, happy days. You know what I mean? It was like 50 quid and a tenner a goal. I was buzzing. So that was the beer tokens for Saturday night and Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> and, that, and that was it, mate, really. And uh, look, I'd done... Throughout the year, I just linked really well with a manager and I found that I was just going, I was getting better step by step. I was more happy playing, scoring goals. We won the league, 46 games, 46 goals. I was so annoyed. I should have got 50, right? But a manager, he bet me 250 quid. I wouldn't get to 40. So I got there and he said, right, I'll give you 500 if we get to 50. So I was like, all right, yeah, no problem. Right, it was like the third last game season. We played Horndean, who was relegated. I was sub unused. They won 10 0. <laughs> sub unused, mate. Yeah. Still to this day, it infuriates me. <laughs> so when you see teams losing 9 0 twice, you kind of sit there and you're like, you've been on the bench for one of those sort of games, even though you didn't play in it. Yeah, they're just attackers' dreams. You just think, right, get me on the pitch. Martial, yeah. prime example, get on the pitch, boom, come away with a brace. No one worries about coming the end of the season. When they look at his stats, score two in that game, one in this game. So, yeah, do you want to, when, it's done, when that's happening, you just want to get on the pitch as quickly as possible. I want to talk to you about your time at Swindon as well. So, basically, that was Pool Town, then you moved to Swindon. Yeah. Um, you yeah. had a good partner there as well, didn't you? Tell us about Billy. Oh, that was that was an interesting one. Do you know what? When I signed, Billy found himself out of the team. And not really in the starting start 11, in the squad he was, but he was more like a sub. I knew such because they brought in like three loan players to play up front. And me and Billy played in a friendly game, midweek friendly against Reading Reserves. We both scored two. But I'm sure Brendan Rogers was the manager of Reading at the time. 
And uh, yeah, yeah, I'm sure he was. I'm sure he was. It was like 2000, when was that? Like 2009. So I'm sure he, I might have been the manager of Reading. I'm not sure. I might have actually made that up. I don't really know. <laughs> <laughs> might have put that out there, yeah. So that was it. Anyway, we played Tramway on the second. We both scored two. Billy started and I never. And then I come on, we won 4-1. And then the following week was FA Cup. So I was cup-tied. Playing for Paul Town in the FA Cup qualifying rounds meant I couldn't play against Fulham later on in that year. What about that? First round qualifying round. Couldn't even play against Fulham later on. Disaster. But I played and we just, again, me and Billy just hit it off in that one game. We never really trained as much together as a pair until we actually started playing in the first 11. And then we just went from strength to strength as a, as a partnership. You had a moment as well. So 2010 League One playoff final, lost to Millwall. What was it like, you know, getting to Wembley, going through that sort of thing? Well, it was incredible, right? We played Charlton in the playoffs, 2-1 at home, 2-1 away, 1-1 at penalties. 2-1 at home, went 2-0 up. To be honest, I missed three chances in the first 10 minutes. Just like, oh, is it going to be one of them nights? Do you know what I mean? Like, then I scored second half, put us 1-0 up. And we won, we won that leg. Anyway, we've gone there. We have a man sent off. We're two down. We're thinking, oh, well, that's it. Season over. But we actually equalised and won on penalties, which was brilliant. Stephen Darby obviously scored the winner. He's suffering from an MND at the moment. And I wish him all the best luck fighting that. He scored the winner. It was that incredible achievement to then get to the final. Imagine. Imagine my first game, Bayo, right? I played New Milton at home for Paul Town. A hundred fans, right? A hundred fans. My last game of that season... League One playoff final, 72,000 at Wembley. Jeez. You couldn't make it up. But then... Couldn't. Couldn't make it up. The game, get beat 1-0, and I missed a massive chance. Robinson edited me the ball. I've gone flying in on goal. I've just opened the foot up like an old Henri kind of shoot. Not only did I do that, all bubbled up, hit me on the shin. And I'm not joking you. It went like an absolute dart past the post. Oh, it was devastating. I was gutted. So paint that picture, right? So, the beginning of the year, Port Talbot, the end of the year, you're in a playoff final. Was you just fearless in the sense of your yeah. mentality was like, I was raw, you know, what? I was yeah. raw. I was raw. And what I mean by that, I knew how to score goals and I like to mix it and fight. Do you know what I mean? So, that kind of give me, already give me that edge. But I'll take you back. In the summer before I signed for Swindon, I actually trained six months with Bournemouth. and. Okay. And they had a transfer embargo, so couldn't sign me. Eddie Howe was the manager, and he couldn't sign me. And I remember going to see him on deadline day and saying, Eddie, look, Swindon want to give me a trial. So mind you, I was still playing for Paul Town. I scored 18 yeah. goals in 11 games for them at the start of the season. But I was training Bournemouth. I had that professional pre-season. I was miles better than everyone in Step 5, West 16 yeah, now. Yeah, 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 My yeah, fitness yeah, yeah. took me miles better. So I always say, if I didn't do them six weeks of Eddie Howe, I don't think... I would have been able to take that step so quickly. You lose the playoff. Yes. Final. What's your feelings there? Is it like, right, you know what? This football thing's easy. No, after the game, I've gone up to the up to see my, my family and my agent and stuff. And he's buzzing, my agent. Oh, Chaz, you so well. I was like, what? Just Mr. Sia, mate. Did you be the final? But he was like looking at long term. He's like, look what you've achieved, et cetera, et cetera, to get there. And I was like, yeah, I went away in the summer with my wife and stuff like that. And we was looking back. We was only young. I was 21. She she was 20. Like thinking, this is mad. What could happen? I remember the first time, yeah, being away, I was in Turkey at the time and it come along, Sky Sports just caught the bottom saying Cardiff was linked, like interesting me. Yeah. I remember ringing my agent. Like I was like a kid in the country. Oh, Cardiff coming in for me. He's like, just, just slow down. This is what happens with football. Because <laughs> it was only like the first time ever, like I'd ever yeah, been linked yeah. with anything. But then obviously that all, it was just paper talk like it is. I enjoyed my summer, come back from pre-season. Didn't do nothing through the summer, right? Sloppy. I didn't know what I know now. Come yeah. back, first day of pre-season, bleeped us. And then you realise how how serious the pro game is and how serious these... these I'm glad you are. touched on that. How much has football moved on? Just before you kick on there, mm. actually, your partnership was mad. I think... That 2010 season, I was at Northampton. I think yeah. we got relegated that season. And I swear you scored up at six fields. I think you beat us four. You're, to me, Val, just you, your partnership was just mad. You and Painter was just, 
It was a mad partnership. Man, just got to salute that. Nah, I just wanted to say that just because everybody thinks I can't remember stories and that because I'm there old and that. But I remember you two's partnership. It was mad. <laughs> All right, cool. Because you touched on the whole, you know what? Know what you know now. How much has yeah. football moved on? Because I'm the same. The end of season was the end of season. Pre-season was what you had to Work do to time. get fit. You know what I'm saying? But how much now has it moved on in the sense where there's a pre-pre-season before you go yeah. back to pre-season? But you see it all everywhere now. This is the thing with social media. You see it everywhere. Everyone wants to show them skipping or boxing or <laughs> running on a beat no tour. What are you on about, mate? Do your summer. But Jimmy, you know it's changed. <laughs> it's true, really. I don't care. I don't care how fast you've done a 5K. Well done, mate. Well done. <laughs> It's true. It's true. If you're doing it yourself, well, you didn't show off, do it for yourself. If you know you've done it, you do. What do you want? Some say, oh, great work. Can't wait for you to come back and help my team. Rubbish. <laughs> Rubbish. Charlie. It is. But no, it's changed massively. And that's, that's the, but the game's changed. For when I yeah. started to where the game is, the game's changed now. I want to talk to you about Burnley and in particular Sean Dyche as well, um, yeah. the influence that he had on you. Um, so you signed for Burnley in January 2011, didn't you? Why did you go there? Eddie Howe. Eddie Howe took me there. I was his first signing and it was my right time, to be honest. I kind of swindled and I'd done well, 17 goals in the following season, then backed up halfway and then he just said, look, one I felt like my career was there to take the next step. Although it was only short and I'd only been at Swindon 14 months, I just thought, right, let's go and grasp the challenge. And I've gone and unfortunately got shoulder injury, which kept me out for the rest of that season. But he was brilliant for me, Eddie Howe. Just kept me involved. And it was the first time I moved away from home. It's a long way, Hunkerford to, to Burnley. How old were you at the time then in 2011? How old would you have been? 21. 21. 21, wow. So when you're a 21-year-old and you make a big move like that, and actually those two managers... How good were, were they for you in different ways? Because obviously Eddie Howe, everyone's really glowing. For, Two for things, Laura. Eddie Howe, perfect for me at the start. I moved away from home with my, my wife now. We moved up there. Didn't really know he's at. Flat like apartment that on our own. First time, obviously, we've been away from our parents and stuff. And then we kind of, the way he got me in, the chef made up food for me to take home. And all stuff like I took everything out of my hand and he continued to do that for me. Even when we had like our first child, the chef continued to make food for us to take all the stress away from us. He was brilliant on and off the pitch, but we kind of got took the mick out a little bit from the Burnley players because he always kept me behind to do extras. And I was like, why aren't you always picking on me? What am I doing extras for? And it was only till I realised until I was taking them extras into the game that I thought, nah, this, this guy's like the real deal. Ease for me. And then for personal reasons, obviously moved back to to Bournemouth. But then Sean Dice came in, he was a completely different manager. Just kind of just made me more I don't know. He just made me want to fight more. He was a manager. I wanted to run for a brick wall for Eddie L, but he was heart on his sleeve. He just he want he said, Right, you're this good, but can you go to the next level? And obviously that's what I tried to do for him. And personal note, it's come to the end of the season when I went to go to Hull. And when that move fell through, that's when I just grew for the man. He kind of looked after me, come back, made sure I was on it for pre-season for that six month, uh, six weeks, sorry, that every day. He almost, I actually thought he was picking on me, but it wasn't until the day I left. It was because he wanted to get the best out of me and for the best for me, really. So, like, for me, Charlie, when I'm hearing you chat about, like, your career, don't take this in a way where I know it wasn't easy, but it yeah. just seemed like it just rolled. Yeah. So, you know, you Swindon, 14 months, banged it up. Yeah. Burnley, manager came in, done your thing, banged it up. And yeah. it just kept it just kept on it rolled. So, you know, your mentality in the sense where so you're saying that both managers, how and Daesh, like I listened to Daesh's interview now, and it, you know, he's to the point. He's raw. Yeah. You know what I'm mm. saying? He's like, listen, I'm not <laughs> I don't sugarcoat stuff. This is what I need from you. Yeah. So was that that thing that kind of gave you that? kick up to then continue to go to other clubs and then just be ice cold and score your goals? Yeah, I think so. Like It was weird because I, I went to Swindon and done well, then went to Burnley and done very well. But like I said, it just almost happened. I played with good yeah. players, man. Don't when I was at, for Swindon, I played good. This is when League One was top, tough. Do you know what I mean? Southampton, Norwiches and stuff like that. Charlton, Millwall was in there. Do you know what I mean? At the time, Leeds were even in League One. Then we'd gone to the Championship going through. I played Kieran Trippier, who used to put the ball on a, on a sixpence for me. 
He's Jorge Mendes runs and he's a fine middle time. I remember scoring a header from outside the box against Millwall. He just hits, finds this half little chip diag to me. I don't know how he does it to this day. I, like I say, I, I play with good players. You know I mean, I play with Danny Ings, who'd gone on to play for Liverpool, having a good career at Southampton. So they made it easy for me. I just made good runs and put the ball in the back of it. Tell us a little bit about Sean Dyche. There's a, a story, actually, that you've told me before about a certain celebration that you and a few of the teammates did that didn't go down too well with him. Yeah, we played Bolton away. I think it must have, so it must have happened with dodgeball or the night before or something in the, in the, in the week. Oh, boy, movie, by the way. Let me just put that <laughs> yeah. in a very good movie. I'm just <laughs> you know what I mean? That was on. <laughs> and literally, we, so we scored. We said, right, if we score, get to like over by the corner line, like, and start doing the... The old Cobra, yeah. like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, the Cobra. Yeah. So anyway, David Edgar scores. He, he had the ever score centre half. I remember him scoring. We ran over and there's like four or five of us doing this Cobra, right? Fine. First half, bossed it. He says nothing half time. Well done, lads. Keep going, keep going. Come out the second half. Bolton batted us. Couldn't touch the ball. They beat us 2-1. We're coming on a Monday morning. There's just a screen in the canteen, mate. Just replaying. Not the goal, the celebration. Oh, wow. Yeah, mate. He's going, what is that? I never, ever want to see that ever on this football pitch for my team ever again. You don't see Man United doing things like that. Don't see Chelsea doing things like that. Like, you don't oh. see Liverpool doing And we was like, oh, my God. <laughs> Pull no punches. I think the next goal we scored, mate, it was like the old Shearer with the arm in the air. Oh, wow. <laughs> I she would hate me. Oh, my days. Oh, so he was like that. He was real, nah, you know what? Score your goal. Take your ass back to the halfway line and go. Be, and he's like, score your goal. Be humble. Celebrate, of course, but don't act the goat, he was like. That was him. Oh, don't act the goat. But in a way, Jeez. you were actually ahead of the curve because he says Manchester United don't do that. Now look at Paul Pogba. Now look at Jesse Lingard before he moved away. They're all like that. They all do their little That's dances. what I mean. They're all at it. They're all at it. So let's just say we was a bit before... Before the time. <laughs> Listen, I've got a couple of records to read out to you. So you equaled Ray Pointer's club record for scoring in eight consecutive appearances. And that was set way back in the 1958-59 season. I don't mm. remember it personally. You also became the quickest ever player to reach 20 goals in a season after scoring in a 1-0 win over Leeds United. That was your 17th appearance of the season. So really, I mean, you, you had a brilliant time there on paper, didn't you? So why only oh. stay for, for a short amount of time? I loved it, Chuck. I loved it there. I really did. But one thing that annoys me with the Ray Point uh, um, record, we actually played Cardiff away, and that was before uh, Sean Dyche come in. And I missed a big chance against Cardiff. And that would have made it nine. I scored against Wolves the following Saturday, would have been 10. And then I scored against Leeds. That would have been 11. So I would have set a whole new record. Oh. But to be part of Burnley Football Club <laughs> history is massive, ain't it? Listen, to move on, I just felt it was time. It was time for me in that place. I was going. To How long was you there for? How long was you there for? Two years in the end, two and a half years. Okay, but I could have yeah. stayed. I could have stayed. I really yeah. could have. I mean, I'm football tights. I could have stayed. I had a year left. But I was going to Hull in the Premier League. That's where I was okay. going, ultimately. Yeah, yeah. But obviously, that's the medical didn't go through and, and stuff. And then the club, we were talking about a new deal and stuff. But the club was not going in a different direction, but they was in different financial position than what they are now and yeah, yeah. I moved on and got sold to Formal into QPR and that was a whole another book I was going to I bet talk to us about that time because there are a couple of crazy years in there promotion relegation only changes what I mean just tell us describe what that was like yeah when you go when I was going in that was that was a crazy one so many names do you know what I mean Julio Cesar Delta Rat Joey Barton Bobby Zamora, Luke Young, Andy Johnson. Like we got Richard Dunn. We're just reeling off names here. Wow. Like, yeah. This is in the Prem, right? You went to no, this is in the, prem, in the right? champ. This is in the champ. Whoa. Oh, jeez. No, we were Nico Crenshaw. Mate, we are talking serious team, mate. So go. This is under the, Harry Rendat, right? Sorry. Yeah. Harry Rendat, right? Yeah. Okay. So I go. And I think the reason why I got so much, like, the fans loved me, obviously because I'd done well and scored the goals, but because I was coming in as Charlie, not a big name, I was scored goals for Burnley and Swindon. So there was someone they could like feed off. Then all of a yeah. sudden, all of a sudden, I start doing well and it goes now, but I'm in the dressing room. I remember going to see, first day bear, right? Turn up to training ground. 
security guard lets me in. I'm driving in. I'm on the phone to me dad at the time. I said, dad, right, I'm just getting training. Room. Oh, wait, dad, don't go. Like, Joey Barton's there. He said, oh, yo, you're going to meet him in a minute. So I was like, yeah, right. So I said, right, dad, I'll catch you later. I'll ring you when I'm on the way home. Fine. I'm not trying to park up probably about three spaces away. Get out of the car. Like, we make eye contact. He gets in the car. Gets in what? Gets in the car. His car. Drives off. What? So he wasn't very personable then? No, it drives oh, off. No, no, no listen, nah. no, it gets better. It drives off, right? I was thinking, what's going on here? Anyway, I didn't think nothing of it. Uh, but see, manager, fine. Next day, he came up to me and was just like, I, I am so sorry. Didn't recognise you. Didn't realise until I got home and all this stuff. I was like, I was like, oh, it's, it's absolutely, it's, it's fine. Like, do you know what I mean? But then we made, then we was fine. And he took me like under his wing at the football, at the club and stuff. And it was, it was like a bit of a mad moment. I ain't going to lie. I know you're mad confident, but mm -hmm. like you said, you reeled off those names. Yeah. And like you, you know what I'm saying? You'd been at Burnley, scored your goals, you're back at your ability. Did you ever doubt that you would go and score against <laughs> a cuter? Not a goal scorer, no, because I backed my ability. Let me tell you about it. First training session, right? First training session, doubt myself in a box. Jermaine Genus, Sean Wright Phillips, uh, Danny Simpson. I could reel them all off, right? We're in a box. I was rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> they must have been thinking, what is going on here? Who we signed? I was rubbish. And uh, oh, I'd say, I remember one, right? So we're going through. I started scoring a couple. I think it must have been about five or six. The day before we played Charlton at home, yeah? We did shooting after the game, after training. It's like two and in. I'm not joking yet. I must have been there. 30 minutes. Couldn't hit a barn door, mate. Couldn't hit a barn door. <laughs> Charlton at home the next day. Get the ball 25 to five yards out, wallop, straight in the stance. Couldn't believe it, mate. You see the lads is like, what is going on here? Sometimes you've got it, sometimes you have it. Listen, it is true. Sometimes you've got them training players and then you've got the game players and you just know the game players out here. So, you know what? I, I want to know, in it Because everybody talks about Tarat. Yeah. So, everybody chats about him, like... Was he that good? Was he a baller, baller? Only what the people before me said, like, he was unbelievable. It's unreal. Then I remember being in the change room. Like, going to was there. Look, Remy was there. I signed Remy's going, I'm going to Loic. I was thinking I'm going to partner him. I said, what are you doing? He said, I'm going to Newcastle. I was like, all right, mental. That was that. I was going to change see traps. like, Adele, are you going to stay? He's like, me? Go Fulham. I said, like, what? So he's off to Fulham thinking, this is mad. So he's gone. He comes back in January, right? I'm thinking, right, he's going to help us go forward. Off he goes, AC Milan plays Champions League. Keep oh, <laughs> <laughs> grinding it out of champ. He's going, we're going to championship. He's going to Champions League. Jeez. He come back when we was in the Prem, like, and Adele, I just think London must have got hold of him, like, when he was here. But technically, he was incredible the skills and that he showed in training was was brilliant and I wish as a striker you could play with people like that so I wish I could have played with Tarps probably two years before before I actually signed yeah, for the yeah. club you did in that first season you scored 20 goals you got promotion by the playoffs as well and you made your way up that's like I mean you must have just settled quite quickly even though you're saying in your first training session you couldn't hit Bondor and whatever and there were some big personalities there to get that in the first season that's an achievement yeah, and I think the reason why it was a great achievement, but I didn't lose faith in the lads. The lads always like backed me and had faith. And as a striker and that, the confidence is massive. And because I knew I had the back in the lads, it was fine. They was always like, you get one, they'll constantly keep, they'll keep coming. And that's and that's what happened. And then to go, I remember playing the playoff final that we, when we played Derby, the start in 11 for us, I was the only person not to play in the Premier League. And like we had Rob Green in goal, Danny Simpson right back, Nederman Nua, Richard Dunn, Clint Hill, Nico Cranshaw, Gary O'Neill, Joey Barton. Why do I, I don't want to be missing anyone out? Me and uh, Kevin Doyle was there. I was like, oh my Lord. Junior Hoyler. So you're thinking like, I'm the only one not to play in the Prem. Listen, we've got to do this. The club's got to get there. When we won the game, it was like, well, I'm in, I'm a, Charlie Austin's a Premier League player. Like within the space yeah. of like four years, five years, it was bonkers. So that was your second playoff final. So your first playoff final, you lost. Your second one, you won. Yes. Right? So what was your mentality going into it? So what was your feeling? So you'd been there before, going in there. Was you was you as nervous or was, was you like, nervous. nah, nah, man, I'm good? Yeah. 
And I was, uh, I was more nervous second leg playoff semi-final, Bayo. I was more nervous. Wigan at home. Second... Wigan okay. at home. I scored two. I was more nervous than we stayed in the hotel. I didn't sleep in the afternoon. I was actually very nervous. That was up there. Why? For me. Don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I tried to go to sleep. I couldn't. I think I was just couldn't wait for the game to start. But I can't explain to you why I was nervous. I just don't know. It's just one of them. I think it was just like a big moment for me in the football club. We got to there, but you had not achieved nothing. And then yeah, we get yeah. to the final and I was a bit more relaxed because I thought in this dressing room, we've got a lot of experience. So to get it done, we'll get over the line. However, I didn't expect Gary O'Neill to get sent off after 60 minutes, although it is a great <laughs> tackle. It was a life-changing tackle for me, that for sure. <laughs> what about the playoff final then? There's a more a goal, your view of it. Just talk us through that whole game. I come out, it was lashing down with rain. And then within about five minutes, it disappeared. The sun came out. It was roasting hot day at Wembley. Massive pitch bow, isn't it, right? Massive. So that's it. I think I had a shot after about five minutes from about 40 yards. Why, I don't know. Gone flying away. The half is gone. They've absolutely peppered us, Derby. I don't think we've touched the ball or nothing. Second half comes out and they break. And obviously, Gary gives a, gives a foul and gets a red card. Thinking, oh, my God. Rob Green, Richard Dunn, just save, header, clearance constantly. Hey, Harry goes to me, Chaz, need you on the left wing. Left wing! <laughs> left, I, don't, I promise you, I don't think I touched the ball for the last <laughs> half an hour of that playoff final. <laughs> and the moment that happened when we had a throw-in down the line, Junior makes a tackle and cuts it back for Bobby. Richard Keir makes a mistake. I'm on the left corner of the box I just couldn't make it I was done 89 minutes when that <laughs> ball went in it was it was the feeling and that was was incredible I remember I remember giving Bobby like a big cuddle in there and I must have had Vicks like on my shirt I just remember him going like this. <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't get out because obviously I got all you got, got Vicks on your shirt I was like yeah <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's a feeling and it is a, it's the same I mean when Joe Jacobson scored that pen mm. like for us to get into into the championship it was the feeling like you're just like oh snap yeah. raw it's a feeling that it's so hard to explain to others in the sense where raw for all the hard work and the grind the, ble- the, the disappointment it is just to bottle that up and constantly just be able to go back to that, it's just such it's such a feeling, man. I think it also, Bear, like it's the relief. You work so hard for 46 games in the league, then you've got three cup finals. And then to finally achieve what the the team goal is. Only you and Wickham will know whether it was that was your ultimate season goal to get promoted. When it actually happens at the end of the season, you're thinking as a team in that dressing room, we've done it. Yeah. Like we've achieved what we set out to do. Can I talk to you about your spells at Southampton and West Brom as well? Your time at Southampton, first of all, let's do that. How did you find that? Did you enjoy it? Imagine, of course I enjoyed it, of course. Imagine signing for a club. I watched them play West Brom at home and they won 3-0. Honestly, James Ward-Prowse scored two, I scored a penalty and a free kick. And anyway, so that was West Brom. We, I signed by Ronald Koeman, I'm real. Barcelona manager. Been managed by Barcelona Jeez. gaffer. <laughs> and um, do you know what I mean? So that week, I think it was training was fine and stuff. I'm in the squad going to Old Trafford. I come off the bench and score my debut at Old Trafford. You can't write it. 1 1 0. 1 1 0. Who's your team? Who's the players that was at Southampton? Uh, Fraser Forster in goal. Cedric Suarez was right back. Jose Font and Van Dyke. Uh, Ryan Bertram was left. Uh, then we had Prousey, Victor Wanyama, Jordi Klassi, Dusan Tadic, Sadio Mane, and Shane Long played up front then. I come on for Sadio. Hey, but you was with the baller ballers. Hey, talk to me about VVD, cuz. Tell me, talk to me about VVD. I don't know. It's Charlie telling the story. You've got to tell him the story. <coughs> yeah, that was a joke, wasn't it? So, <laughs> he's, this is like the, Pellegrino is in charge now, and we're on the duty at Chelsea away, yeah? And I said, this is like middle of December, I'm going thirds. Listen, I support Liverpool, wasn't it? So I was going thirds. Yeah, yeah. Man United must have come in for you. They're having one at the back. And he's going, 
Chaz there, like in the summer, we thought like there was, we might have got it done or something. there might have been like something to happen. But it went for Lindelof instead. I said, hold on, hold oh, on. You what? Wait, United could have got VVD, but went for Lindelof. Yeah. Oh, listen, I'm not going to lie. Thank you, United, because you know I'm Liverpool as well. Yeah. So thank you, because then we got the best centre-half. So you played up close. So, yeah. I, see, I think he is the best. At the moment, before he gets injured, I thought, did you know then, like, raw VVD's a problem? No, he, when I was there, ever since he's like, not lazy, but just takes it easy. It's not, he reads the game better than everyone else. That's, that's yeah. as long as it is. He reads the game better than everyone else. And, he got to level at Southampton where it almost come too easy and he needed to play with better players. I mean that respectfully yeah, yeah. to the whole team that we yeah, used to yeah, yeah, do. Yeah. But he needed to, for him to go to the next level, he needed to play with with better players as such. And he went to Liverpool and in the 18 months, he won a Champions League and a, football and a league winner, Premier League winner. So... Uh, it was he was incredible. I remember one day when the Europa League was at was at the San Siro training before. I'm not joking, mate. He volleyed this ball so high, right? It must have gone above the San Siro, and when it came down, touched deadly. Just stop. He was he was a joke. I've seen him do things like that. You know, when you go to football matches and mm. and you're in the media. So just before when they're coming out in the training and you're sitting there quite early on, and you see him do those kind of balls, like you say, where they just go, they're so they're so high, and you yeah. think it's going to come down and hit someone on the head, and then there's just that little control, like mm. it was just like like he'd just been chipping. It was just ridiculous. He just he just found it easy, and I, do you know what gets taken for granted? You know that left side diag he plays out to Trent. Yeah. He, his accuracy for it got 95 plus. Yeah, Never. it's mad, I'm, it's mad. Joe, it's I remember mad, Ryan Bertrand. Ryan Bertrand used to have a little moan up because he used to play left-hand side Thursday and Jose used to play right. And um, for, uh, Ryan was like, Virg, you keep passing the ball out to Cedric. Perfect. I've got Jose curly-toeing it out to me. Down <laughs> the <left -hand> When you've when you've told that story, so so you told that story a couple of weeks ago, and um, not a lot of people have heard that. You could tell by the reaction. Did you get anything back from it? Did you get anything from him going? What are you doing? No, no, he from was, anyone else. He was. Oh, do you know what I got? I got a, a Snapchat from him just giving me the big big thumbs up. What from him? Yeah, and that was it. <laughs> but it was just one of them. I just come out of it, and then I didn't realise what I'd said. Oh, let's just go with it. All of a sudden, it's everywhere. That's what happens when you, you tell secrets to me, Charlie. I know. You can't tell me right. anything because it will, it will come out on air somehow. No, somehow, <laughs> some way. No, they're great stories though because I think it kind of gives everyone like us an insight into, into what actually happens behind closed doors in football because all of these kind of things and these transfers and the fact that you're linked to different clubs, you know a lot of time, you said it earlier on, it is just paper talk, but a lot of stuff doesn't come out. Of course it doesn't come out, but you can't be like people in football can't be naive enough to say Man City and Liverpool is the only teams to be interested yeah. in Virgil van Dijk. Yeah, yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Chelsea would have been interested in Virgil van Dijk. The numbers obviously didn't work for them at the time. Like, didn't work for United. So it didn't. The numbers didn't work for City. Can we talk to you about Mane? Because yeah, we've we've kind of done van Dijk. We haven't really done Mane. Terrible gear. Terrible <laughs> clothes. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Ah, oh, but listen, he done the best advert for Next, right? There's an image somewhere. No, I'm not joking. Listen, I'm not joking, but it's deadly serious. He's got a hat trick, yeah? Against Liverpool. Oh, I remember that game. Celebrated, took his top off. His shorts were a bit lower. I'm not joking. The like, top bit of his boxers was going around. Next. Oh, oh swear done. I'm not joking. Laura promised there's a picture of it. I swear, I'm not even joking. When you do some clip, when you do some clip of this and put it out there, have a look. There's like you make sure you get a picture off of the next box. <laughs> That's so sweet. I think he's Liverpool's best player. Mm. That's what I do. You know what I'm saying? Especially going forward. Like, did you know then? You know, you came on from. Did you no. know that? Like, no. Nah? No. He had the raw ultimate pace, and he was obviously technically very good. But it was like, where's his game going to go now? Is it going to go to the next level? And is it going to go and push okay. on? And he's gone to. Liverpool and he's achieved that and he's gone on to so much more what about you then Charlie let's go back to you and talk to you about the time at West Brom because you can just hear in your voice now you're loving going back and you're loving playing at QPR so how difficult was it at West Brom 
yeah, the back end was, of course, because I wasn't playing. But the the way it was going for me, going there and achieving promotion, that was the best. I went there to achieve promotion for the football club. They come so close to the season before and just fell short. But to go there and reach promotion, look, we was the best team. We was the best team until lockdown. We come back from lockdown, and we was almost like the seventh best team. We wouldn't even look like we was going to get promoted. And then all of a sudden, the results went our way. And, and rightly so, in the end, we got promoted second behind Leeds, who was in that short period of the nine-game season, was the best team. What was it like under Slavin as well? Because obviously they let him go, but to achieve promotion, and it did feel like you, you were a good group you know, together, and then for things not to go well in the Premier League, bad to worse for Slavin, then they eventually got rid of him. What was that like? Premier League's tough. We got promotion with him and he was, he was brilliant and we achieved it as a group. And then we'd gone into the Premier League and look, we just was just falling a little bit short and we couldn't pick up the wins that we needed at the right time. And look, maybe we needed a change. I, I don't know. But that's football. Who, to be a football manager now, it's a results-based business and we've seen it all over the place with Lampard earlier on this year. So, you know, when you're not playing, because you seem bubbly as hell, you, you're a character. I think... When you're not playing, can you hide your emotions? No. Tell me what a Charlie Austin like is when things ain't going bless. Uh, do you know what? It's when I around the training ground around the lads, you have to be your happy, bubbly self. Because if you have one day off from that, people think there's something wrong. All right, there is something wrong because yeah, you're not yeah, playing. Yeah. But I, that's what I found yeah, yeah. the most. I just can't continue to be that character. However, when I went through the stage where I wouldn't in the squads, like when I was told this and you have to go and run, like he never told me. Like the assistant manager said, oh, Chelsea, you need to go with a fitness guy and run. I was like, what? He's like, yeah, you're not in the squad. Like you're not in the squad to go to Everton. That was like the first time I was... Deep down, first time in my career, I was gutted. Like, I was left yeah. out of the squad. I was gutted. Yeah, deep down, I was gutted. like my pride took a big kick. And I was like, am I not in the squad? Am I, like, what's going on here? And then it just, it kind of went on again. A couple more weeks, I just remember volleying a couple of balls stupid and then the window shut and I was like I spoke to my agent kind of had it out of my agent a bit of home truth and that he give it to me and I was fine with it and I thought right that's it roll my sleeves up let's give this a right go and be prepared for an opportunity to come mid-December whether I'm involved with West Brom or it's to an opportunity to move on somewhere else I'm going to be ready yeah. because if I don't do that in October then it's not going to happen in December, if I start thinking in December, right, I need to start fixing up, too late. So yeah, yeah. I've bust my balls in training, worked harder than I ever done, ever had done, got back in his plans. All right, a couple of injuries and that, but all of a sudden I forced his hand, put me in the squads, and I was, I've gone from going home on the, on a Saturday afternoon, or training in the morning with two, three people in the fitness coach, to then coming on at um, St. James's Park at halftime, coming off the bench at, at Man City. So I must have position I am now. I like that, man. I like that. You're a fighter. That's one thing you get. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like you're, you're a proper fighter and I respect that, man. I respect that highly. So what is it now? So basically you're, you're back on loan at QPR. What is it you want to achieve? Because without sounding like your career isn't over by a long stretch of the imagination, you know, so, so what is it that you want to achieve now? Do you think? I want to continue playing. Of course I want to continue playing, but I want to play to have a purpose and have an enjoyment and smile on my face. And at the moment I've got that. I want to, on a personal level, I want to get to 200 career goals. I've got 163. I want to get to 200. Do I stay with QPR past this time? No, I'm enjoying my football. I don't know what the future holds after the summer. I really don't, but I know I've got a lot more to, to give for me personally. So I just want to keep playing, keep enjoying it, give the media stuff a good good bashing because I seem to like that. I seem to like it. And a lot of people, yeah, a lot of people... You're good, man. You can chat and you're yourself. It's powerful, bruv. You're, you're yourself and that's the most powerful. Right, I've said like speaking, but it's my opinion. Not to be controversial, it's just my opinion. I don't do it to cause anyone's problem. But that's got to be like, you've got to like, of course, man. I mean, let's go back and talk about that interview you give after the game. You get what I'm saying, right? <laughs> Bruv, it was passion, yeah, my broski. Like, you know, for me, what I love the most, period, like across the board, is just being real. Like, I, I just feel like, I keep saying, when people put football 
in front of anything. They try and pigeonhole you and that you've got to kind of conform to what their perception of a footballer is. Like, like we don't have problems, like we don't have emotions, like we don't. Bruv, that interview, I ain't going to lie, Charlie. I did, did realise, you know, when I left, I got the car to go home. Like, my phone was going... Well, wouldn't that? I got in the change room, fine, had a shower and stuff. As I was leaving the ground, I walked past the man's office. Mark Hughes was like, Chaz, what have you done? So I don't know why. It's like, what have you sent your interview? I just... I went, oh, yeah, I'm just talking about VAR and the ref. He went, talking about them? I've just had a 15-minute press conference about it in there. But in Mark Hughes, he was fine. He was like, referee was poor. But it was one of them. Look, James Madison done it the other day, didn't he? Do you know what I mean? Done a very honest, and he got a lot of lot of respect yeah, yeah. for it. Yeah. And I, do you know what's funny enough? I've spoken to him this morning. He was just saying, look, I, that's how I want to be. I want to just speak honest and give my honest opinion. And look, I think that's the way it is. Everybody criticises footballers now. No, oh, robots, good game, deserve free, but didn't deserve this. Just be honest. If you weren't good enough on the day, you weren't good enough. It's as simple as that. Is it trained out of you? Because um, I noticed that obviously in my job, all I do is interview footballers and sports people and you can tell at a young age and I understand why, for good reason, they are trained to answer questions in a certain way because I imagine in the past, sometimes people's trust in the media has been destroyed because they feel like they've been done dirty or somebody has taken their words out of context. That kind of thing happens quite a lot. So do you think a lot of people are guarded because they don't want their words to be misinterpreted? Yeah, I think so. And you and you do think about what you're saying. I think as I've got older, I've kind of just let the reins go a little bit and just unknown what to say and what not to say. But say it in a way that's going to be productive for me. Obviously, you're talking about the amount of work that you've been doing in the media. And we were saying, me and Bayer said, you're very good at it. You're really honest. You've also got something called Studs Up, which is a podcast where you're actually doing our job. Tell us about how you're enjoying it and a little bit about what it is. Yeah, look, I just wanted to to try and dip my toe in this stuff. It's a media and it's started to go really well. And then I was approached to do a podcast that says Studs Up. It's a mixture of football and horse racing, something that I'm both passionate about. Hey, me too. Horse racing. Yeah. Yeah, man. Come on. Yeah. Man. I did not know you're into horse racing. Yeah, because I really <laughs> ain't, bro. <laughs> Come on, dude. I love you, Nolan. Let's just one of them. Look, just get talking about it. Get current annex footballers on that are interested in in both, really, and want to talk freely and openly. Look, podcast is there to for me to kind of express my opinions a bit more, but then get the interaction with with the guests as such. It's a bit different being on the other side, although I do have a good good sparring partner. Ollie Bell does help me with that. He takes a lot of the load and I just uh, reap the rewards off the back of him. <laughs> He's professional, isn't he? Yes. So listen, we know, listen, you've still got bare years left. Like, mm-hmm. But is that what you want to go into? Like the, the media, like when you finish football, would you go into coaching? Would you, or would you more the punditry? What, what, what is it? I don't know. I've always thought about being like, I'd like to be a manager. I always say manager and a coach is two different things. I still believe that now. I do, unless you are a very specific top Guardiola coach, manager, got it down to a T. Um, I do think that's Mark Warburton, prime example, top manager. Really enjoy working for him. He knows, like John Eustace does to coaching. Do you know I mean? But manager yeah, stuff yeah. is yeah, yeah. top. He's top draw. And for me, I think it's two different things. The media, I think I definitely, it's, I think it's what I'm, no, my voice and my my opinions half made to do. So, look, if that opportunity continues to come, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep doing it because I guess it's something that I enjoy doing. Charlie, talk to me. What was Go your on. best goal? Best goal that stands out. Best player you played with, and best player you played against. Best goal have to be the one that scored for QPR against Southampton. It was just like a Vargas cut it back to me, and I kind of plucked out the air, right foot and spun, left foot straight in it was a bit like don't ask me to recreate it because it's one I'll <laughs> yeah, never yeah, be able ones. to do but that would be like the best skull um, yeah. best player I've played with easy say Van Dyke. do you know what I mean Van Dyke yeah, was yeah. was top Sadio like Van Dyke stood up best player against do you know what from an attacking point of view Man City beat us 6-0 on a la- second last or third last game, I think, it was to relegate us. QPR at the time from the Prem. Sergio Aguero scored a hat-trick. It was the best individual display. I think they won 6-0, but as a centre-forward, I see him play. He controlled the game from centre-forward position. He was a okay. joke. Got a thing about playing against QPR, hasn't he, that man? 
Yeah, honestly. Just, yeah, I guess QPR is just a team for him. But it is, isn't it? guys, unbelievable. He scored over. I thought he's the he leading goal scorer for Man City. I, listen, the guy deserves every accolade that he's, he's set. Charlie, as always, just great to hear from you. Great to talk to you. All Good right, luck with the podcast. Brother. I try to keep doing what you're doing. Thank you very much. Thank you all. And hopefully we'll hear you again very, very soon. Charlie Austin. There you go, another podcast, another great character. Um, We seem to get these brilliant names on at the moment and I'm just loving hearing what I feel is like unedited chat bio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I like it. You know, like you said, we've been getting in these these characters who are just authentic, especially the last two strikers that have done it, I wouldn't say the proper way, that's done it the long way. Um, So it just, for me, echoes that there is all different processes that you to get to where you want to get to. So now, nah, man, like Charlie's the real deal. I ain't going to lie to you. He's the real <laughs> deal. He's just, he says it raw. He says it how he plays in a sense where, listen, he's refined his game. He may try and take that, but I like it, man. He's to the point. I've got time for him. Unfiltered, definitely. Unfiltered. That's Unfiltered, what I should have said. Yeah. Unfiltered, yeah. <laughs> okay, right. It's time now to look at the Super 6 fixtures for round 34 so let's get into it download the super six app create an account and play for free by predicting the scores of six chosen matches to be with the chance of winning two hundred fifty thousand pounds this week another reminder as well you can invite your friends they can join super six and if any of your invited friends go on to win the jackpot they win twenty five thousand pounds for you you're the one that takes that home so make sure you get involved as we could be talking about you next week so prediction time bio are you ready for this I'm ready. Let's go. Six games. Our predictions. First one, Crystal Palace versus Burnley. Go for it. 2-1 Palace. Ebi Ariche to score one of them. Yeah. Do you know what? I was going to go for 2-1 actually because I feel like Palace are in need of a bit of a result. But if they don't have Wilfred Zaha, I'm going to change that to 1-0 Burnley. <laughs> so we we talking about you can't whip it and whip it. Which one are you going for? I don't know. I don't know. I'm, oh, I'm panicking in this one. Do you know what? I am going to stick with 1-0 Burnley. I'm going to do that because I don't think he's there. So 1-0 Burnley. 2-1 Palace for me. Okay, Norwich Stoke. Norwich have been struggling to score goals recently. I know their manager had to come up and defend their team. They lost to Swansea. But I think they're going to win 1-0. I'm going to actually go 1-0 Stoke. Okay. I don't know. know. Yes, you know you're going to go stick with that because I think my one's correct. Okay, fine. 1-0 Stoke. Watford, Bristol City. I'm going to say 1-0 Watford. I'm going to say 2-1 Bristol City. I'm going for away wins here for some reason. Okay. Okay, Derby, Borough. 1-0 Middlesbrough. I'm going to say 1-0 here. Sheffield Wednesday against Swansea. I think Swansea are in very good form, so I'm going to go 2-1 Swansea. I'm saying 2-0 Swansea. And then the final one, Cardiff v Coventry. Cardiff Coventry. I'm going to go for a home win. I'm going to say 1 0 Cardiff. Yeah, I've got 1 0 Cardiff as well. Okay, that is it. Bio, a pleasure as always. Did you enjoy that one? Yeah, I did. You know what I'm saying? I needed you to pick me up today. I won't lie to you. Um, did it help? Yeah, it did. Listen, whenever I kick it with you, LW, you pick me up. And then Charlie came in and just picked me up a little bit more. So, yeah, yeah, we got again. It was good. It was good. It was good. Right, you stay positive, Bo, because that's the best thing that you do. So we'll all be watching, we'll all be cheering Wickham on, keeping our fingers crossed. And like Charlie said, there's still time. There's still a yes, lot of time. Is. Yes, yeah. there is, man. Yeah, believe me, you keep going to the very end. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, now, remember, if you want to get involved on Twitter, you can follow us at Super6 and you can use the hashtag as well, Super6Podcast. Thank you so much to our guest, Charlie, for joining us this week. Make sure you like and subscribe and then you get the downloads automatically of our podcast every week. Bio, see you next week. LW, see you next week. Bye.